My Comic Shop History is brought to you in part by the following sponsors. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, the Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. Movie lovers should check out this family of film festivals. The Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park, and the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the podcasts hosted by the festival's organizer, C.J. Cullen. You can find the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast, as well as the Cullen On Film podcast, via a shared universe network. Alternate Realities has been gone for over five years, but our community lasts forever. And now, in these dark times, the AR signal lights up the night sky, and the old gang is ready to answer the call as we celebrate a year's worth of holidays together. This is The Longer Halloween. Welcome to The Longer Halloween, a My Comic Shop history tale. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This is part eight, Mother's Day. And for this episode, I am joined, appropriately enough, by my mother, Lauren Michelle Desiato. Thanks, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you. I'm really excited. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to have you. You're getting you were getting a call as we were as we were uh, starting the episode here, but that's all right. I think someone's leaving you a message, literally, as we're doing this. Oh, I didn't know if you would be able to hear that or not. Well, you hear everything at Flat Squirrel Productions. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> So welcome to the show. This is your podcast debut. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm so happy to be on. I've listened to you. And now I get the opportunity to put my say into things. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> longtime followers of Flat Squirrel Productions might, might recall you did make an on-screen appearance in my very first film, my comic shop documentary. Uh, the New York Times in their article about me noted that you and I sat stiffly on on the couch during the <laughs> during the interview i don't know what i don't know what they wanted do they want us like cuddling on the couch i mean that wasn't going to happen i felt like we were sitting normally well yeah me too but again maybe just the demeanor of you being serious and i wanted to make sure i did everything correctly like how <laughs> i sat how i moved my hands if i was ho i believe i might have been holding comic books in my hand no, no you don't think so no so maybe that's why. But yeah, I don't know what they expected us to do. We could have laughed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I was a little more serious then. I've I've uh, I've loosened up even more since since those days. But you know, even though this is the first time that I'm talking to you on the show, I've talked about you a number of times over the years because you know you played a large role in my comic shop history. You brought me to. Almost all of the, I mean, other than these past few years where I've been going around with the podcast and the documentary, I mean, everything leading up to that, you know, shops in Westchester and Manhattan, I mean, you took me to all those stores uh, when I was a kid, despite the fact, as I always say, that you weren't the biggest fan of me reading comics. Well, first of all, let me say that I really enjoyed bringing you to all the comic stores because you really 
liked going there. You liked getting the material. You were so excited. So, and I had fun and I got to look around and I got to see the different people and I got to talk to everyone. So I liked it. The thing about comics was in my generation growing up, that was never anything encouraged to read. So when you wanted to read those, I felt okay, but you need to be reading more books and educational material. However, I see that your brightness, you know, goes beyond the comic books and, you know, not, not reading everything academic and intellectual did not hurt you in any way. So it's okay. But I mean, it had a different, a whole different context, though. The comic books were not considered like good reading material. And that was kind of where that came from. But I still loved going every place. I loved going to the mall. And then I liked when we would go into the city to the different comic shops. And I'd walk around looking at everything. And, you know, and it was it was just great to see you get so excited. Like when you, you know, you go with your list and you were looking for certain back issues. <laughs> so it was it was a lot. Of, no, it was a lot of fun for me. And we even went into the city <laughs> to. Yeah, no, it's very true. And I mean, you know, so I want to kind of unpack you know, why you had the view of comics that you did, because I think it is interesting. And, and I, you know, I, I definitely understand now, you know, why you felt that way about comics. Um, but let me also say this, and I've said this on the show before, but let me say it to you. And I think it's the most important thing that I can say on this episode, which is that it almost means more that you took me to all of those places, despite the fact that you didn't really want me reading this. I mean, I think that's really a testament to, you know, your, your love and the fact that you wanted me to have, you know, this thing that I enjoyed, even though you weren't fully on board with it. So, you know, it's like, yeah, in retrospect, would it have been, you know, would I, would it have been nice if you were like, yeah, it is great that you love comics, but yeah, that would have been nice. But it, the fact that you still took me to all those places, you know, I, I always, you know, to this day appreciate it. And obviously it set me on, it really set me on a path here. So I appreciate that you, uh, you know, uh, allowed that and, and really fostered that despite not loving the comics. Right. Well, but also, too, I wanted to make sure that you got the most out of everything. Just like when you used to watch Power Rangers, you used to watch it all day long. And I said, OK, he wants to watch it. But what can I what can I make out of this that he can get more like more academic out of it? And I used to have you write little stories, a few sentences afterwards. So I wanted you to do everything, but I just wanted to make sure, too, as a parent, that I was giving you enough, that I was making your academics as broad as possible. So while you do what you enjoy, but at the same time, you're getting something beneficial out of it. Yeah. Because maybe, because maybe, you know, I didn't have that. And so I wanted to make sure that you had the full scope of everything that you did. Yeah. No, and I appreciate that. I, I know. I always think about that. You know, the the stories that I wrote about Power Rangers. I have some. I mean, when, you know, when we <laughs> sold the house and I cleared out so much stuff, I, I mean, I kept, because I had, I had, I mean, pretty much everything from my child, like every test, every homework, I kept had everything. And so, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the room to keep everything, but I kept the stuff that, you know, meant the most. And I kept those little Power Ranger stories. Um, so, yeah, the fact that you made me, <laughs> encouraged me to, you know, well, I guess it really was. I think it was a requirement for watching Power yes. Rangers was that I write about it, it after. Um, Three sentences and then you could write, watch another one. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's the thing. And I mean, I think that really, you know, uh, cultivated this love of writing that I still have to this day. So I think that was wonderful. And, you know, the fact that you wanted to make sure I was reading things in addition to comics, I think that's great, too. And I at the time, I think I appreciated it because I enjoyed the other things that I read. So I don't think I ever did that necessarily 
um, begrudgingly. But definitely now I look back and I, I really see the value in it. So I think that was that was a great call on on your part because it is important to be well-rounded. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if Milo will be into comics. If he is, that's wonderful. If not, that's okay too. Um, but, you know, even if he is, it's like, I wouldn't only want him to read comics. I want him to read all kinds of stuff. So I think that was a good call. Well, and also I saw that you had the potential and you had the capabilities that you were able to, you know, enjoy that. And then you could go on and move on and do something more with it. Just like when you didn't really want to go to law school and I figured, <laughs> but you have the potential, you have the capability. So you may as well just go and do it because you can. If you couldn't, that would be something else. And if you didn't have a good writing ability, if I saw you struggled, I would not have continued to make you write the stuff, you know, and if all your, the best reading you could do was with the comic books with the pictures because that helps you with comprehension then that would have been okay too but I knew that you could do more than that and so that's why I pushed those other things and I would still push you with things but I can't anymore <laughs> listen I think I do enough no you do and but I'm just saying as a mother no but as a mother you always want your children to do as much as they possibly can and so you know but now it's you know different roles <laughs> Just uh, just do me a quick favor. Are you if it's easy enough, could you just take off the necklace? Because I'm I'm hearing as it's it's hitting against it a little bit. Oh. <laughs> and I hear some other noise too. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in the back. It's quiet here, so I don't know what uh, what, what might be in the back. It's okay. I mean, it's nothing that's uh it's it's very faint. I don't know that our listeners would even pick up on that. But thank you for the necklace. So yeah, like I said, I wanted to talk a bit about um uh, your your history or lack thereof you know with comic books so i mean you grew up in the not to date you but you grew up in the 60s and 70s people can do what? the people no, can do the impossible. math i'm only 25 <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> but i mentioned that i there is a reason why i bring it up because uh you know the adventures of superman tv series with george reeves that aired in the 50s but then it started airing in syndication probably that that period in the 60s when you were growing up. So did you watch that as a kid? Yes, that was the Superman that I always watched. The Adventures of Superman from 1951 to 1958 was when it actually came out. And then right later on. And so those are the ones that I grew up watching. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. And that was with uh, George Reeve. And that was the one that, you know, I grew up with. And I loved Superman. Oh, my goodness. And actually, uh, my brother, when I was about 10, he was 10 years older than me, he told me he was Superman. And sometimes, like, he would go out and then he'd come back. And I said, where'd you go? And he would be like, oh, I flew to, you know, California. I said, you flew and now you came back. So, I mean, I really, was, I really liked Superman and I believed that there was a Superman. Now, and there's even that there's that great photo and I'll, I'll post it in the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network Facebook group, which I encourage everyone to join. Um, there's a photo. Do you remember how old you were? You're dressed. You're in the kitchen in, and you're dressed in the Superman costume. Yeah, I may have been like four or five. I want to say I, I think that's how old I was. Uh, but yeah, that was the Superman was a big thing. You know, your grandfather. I mean, this comics came out when he was a kid. So he always talked about Superman, and then it was really a big thing for a while. And then, of course, later on in, like, 1978, the Christopher Reeve movies came out, uh, and then it became popular. I guess I was maybe a teenager then, but... <laughs> Uh, so, you know, so, and again, I, I wasn't as into it. I mean, I liked watching it, but as a kid, I, it was like, I loved it. Yeah. No, and... and um 
Well, it's funny because, I mean, as you know, and listeners know if they checked out Digging for Kryptonite, but I mean, I just did this big deep dive into Adventures of Superman with Rich Roney. And it was, you know, it was fascinating. And it was really like being transported back in time watching those old episodes. And I, I really enjoyed them. So for you watching them as a kid, I mean, did you did you even know about the comics at that point? I don't think so. I mean, I don't recall ever knowing about them. Uh, I never really saw anybody reading them. I don't think I ever noticed them. Like if, well, if I, I don't, I probably didn't go to a bookstore, but if, <laughs> if I did, I probably didn't notice them. So no, I really didn't know much about the comics other than I later on, I, you know, in high school, I guess I heard kids say like they read a comic book, but nothing that I ever reached, you know, reached out and tried to read or get familiar with. Now, unbeknownst to listeners, I, I pressed record. I, I pressed pause on the recording uh, just for a couple of minutes. There, we we pinpointed uh, the source of the little noise that I was hearing it was your earrings, and uh, and I just mentioned this because we had a laugh because I said I didn't even think about this ahead of time because virtually everyone has been on the show, especially in uh, over this past uh, year. It's it's all been guys, so we haven't run into the issue of someone wearing jewelry. And so that tells me you need to have more women on the show. That's true. Well, you're here, and uh, I think we're going to have uh, Carolyn on an upcoming episode of The Longer Halloween. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see as we're moving forward. I'm always always happy to to open this up to to people who want to talk about whether it's comics or Superman or comic shops, whatever the case may be. So um, okay, so mystery solved. All right. <laughs> Again, I don't think that was, uh, hopefully that wasn't uh, annoying to listeners and, and uh, you know, I, I was just hearing it in my headphones. So I'm glad we were able to get to the bottom of that. So, okay. So you watched Adventures of Superman uh, as a kid, didn't really have much of a sense that this was a comic book character, right? But I mean, do you, I mean, do you remember like seeing a comic or seeing people with comics at any point or like seeing comics on the newsstand? Do you have any, any memory? And it's okay if you don't, I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I may have like going in the candy store, like we used to have a candy store on the corner and they had, you know, like you could have soda and buy newspapers and yeah, I mean, there were comic books in there, but I don't think I ever really picked one up, you know, to look at it or to go through it really until you started reading them when, you, you know, that's when I really looked at them. And I did think this, this would have been a great venue for kids that have trouble with comprehension because you have a picture and you have the words. And that's so helpful uh, that more books maybe should have those kinds of illustrations, especially when kids are just learning how to read. So I think, you know, I think they're good. Again, just the the grammar was not perfect in them. So that was, you know, not not my most favorite, like when you started reading them. So, you know, so well, but once you master the grammar and then you read them, obviously you know what's correct. But if that's all you're reading and, you know, you're not doing well in school, that would probably not be a good thing to continue with. <laughs> right. And, you know, again, in your defense, you know, comic book storytelling and sensibilities and the level of sophistication, all of that has evolved a lot over the decades. Right. And, you know, in particular, uh, and I know you're, because I know we've talked about this over the years, and I, I think I wrote a paper about it in college, but, you know, in the, I think it was the 40s, right, we had uh, this psychologist, Frederick Wortham, who wrote this book, Seduction of the Innocent, about how comics were poisoning America's youth, and there were Senate inquiries, and the the outcome of that was that the comic book industry really neutered itself. They created the Comics Code Authority, which was their like self-censorship uh, body. And the stories really started to become written much more for children. 
And, you know, it's funny because now, I mean, I'm doing the Superman show and I'm, I'm delving into the history a little bit more. And the original Superman in the 30s and, and, and early 40s, he was, I mean, literally described as a crusader for the oppressed. I mean, he was not a symbol of the status quo. Like he was really, uh, you know, the first issue, he's busting into the governor's mansion because someone's going to be executed for a crime they didn't commit. I mean, he was right. he was very much that social crusader. And then when they really kind of softened it and made it even more for kids, uh, he became more of the symbol of the status quo. Um, so there definitely was that shift. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's really been over these past few decades where comics have been written more for an adult audience. Thankfully, there yes. are still there are still plenty of comics that are written for all ages or for kids specifically. And that's good. There should be. I mean, you know, you should have that. Uh, but certainly, you know, I think the stuff that that I was reading as a kid and the stuff that I've continued to read, uh, there is a higher level of sophistication than yes. the comics that would have been coming out that maybe you would have heard about. So, again, the fact that you ended up with that conception of comics, it's like I get it. Right. No, and that's true, because when I did look at them like later on, I said, oh, it's not so bad. You know, I didn't think it was as bad as, you know, the thought that I had in my head. So, uh, yeah, so it it changed. It does. And they you know, that's how they capture a bigger audience of people too to read them. Right. Um, but uh, but so, I mean, but at what point again, if you remember, like at what point did you I, I don't know, did you know of someone who read comics and they weren't smart and then you associated that with I mean like was, I mean did that was that ever a thing or no I well no but I don't think like in school like I I can only imagine in school like some kid having a comic book and the teacher was like don't you dare read this because mm. you know I went to Catholic school they were all nuns and you had to you know read these books it was like really very you know structured and disciplined and no no space for fun so I can I can only imagine that it must have been something like that that there were comics somebody might have had them and the teacher's like oh my god you can't read this and that was my feeling that it was not something to read uh i mean and i have to say overall too in defense of comics i i just wasn't a big reader to begin with like i never really went and i got a book (laughs) sat down and read it i'd rather watch tv or something so i mean i wasn't a big fan of reading and and that was you know how i was concerned about you too because i said oh maybe you know he won't like to read because i really didn't like to read and you know (laughs) so it makes sense that i would have a feeling not to want you to read them or had that negative thought about the comics. Right. You know, I know this is jumping ahead, but I think it's it's relevant here because we've seen, you know, in recent years, we've seen you and I and, and people generally, I think we've seen numerous instances of comics being embraced in uh, an educational setting. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, not that we use them in the class, but I think one of the earliest uh, moments that kind of started to turn you around on comics a little bit was uh, my seventh grade teacher, Mrs. Rinaldi. Now, again, she didn't yeah. use comics in the classroom, but what was the conversation that you had with her? Because I think this was a yeah. turning point. Yeah, well, I did. I said, you know, because she, you know, said that you're very bright, you're very smart, and, you know, you're such a good student. And I said, yeah, no, he does all his work and everything. I said, but, but he reads comic books. Like she said, so? I said, what do you mean? She said, it's okay, as long as he's reading. I said, really? She said, yeah, as long as he's reading. It doesn't matter what he's reading. Comic books are okay. Even the kids that read the cereal box is okay, as long as he's reading. And so at that moment, I made the, I said, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like he's reading. And really, and you know, she did point out for some kids that really struggle and don't want to read and won't read, if they will read a comic, that's a big plus. 
So it was after then that I said to myself, you know what, I think it's okay. I think he, you know, <laughs> he's learning, he's growing, and he could read the comics. But again, I didn't want you to only read that because I remember there were summers, you know, you just went through one comic book after another, and I'm like, read a book. So <laughs> I guess, you know, I still have, have, always have that in me. But, uh, but yeah, she was like really instrumental in uh, turning me around. You know, what's you know, what's also funny. I was thinking about this because, um, you know, in terms of the other things that I read, I was I don't know if you remember this. I was really into historical fiction. Yes, that yes. was big. I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess I did always like history and American history in particular. Uh, so maybe that was the motivation for that. But the other things that I read a lot of and I know you remember these goosebumps and animals and animals. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what's interesting about those is that those were serialized novels. They were novel series. Now with Goosebumps, those were, I, I mean, almost entirely standalone books, but you still had books in a series. And then Animorphs was an ongoing, continuing storyline, not at all dissimilar from comics, right? Like I think I very much gravitated towards that style of storytelling. That, right. Right. I agree. And the other thing I want to point out was when I used to go to all the comic book stores with you, I was interested to see who the other people were that were reading the comic books. So anytime I made, <laughs> I struck up a conversation with someone, I always tried to ask them like what line of work they were in because I wanted to, you know, make a connection there. And, and then after I saw there were lawyers reading them and doctors and teachers, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so, it's okay. You know, because again, and not that I should, you know, place everything on that. And I probably wouldn't do that now if I went into a store. <laughs> but back then, <laughs> I did. Uh, but again, I, you know, because again, I thought it was just mostly, you know, I don't want to say anything negative, but more like the, you know, blue collar tough man reading the comic books, not, you know, the more sophisticated businessman to per se. Right. No, I understand. If I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, no, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I think people, uh, you know, people understand, but, um, and right, not coming from a negative place, but uh, yeah, I guess maybe like the education level, that was maybe, you know, kind of what you were, you were trying to get at. Um, because of course, right, everyone has value regardless of what <laughs> profession. Right. Uh, but yeah, getting a sense, I guess, of that, of that education level, since you had these, these goals for me, you know, to, uh, to go to law school. So I guess if you, everyone you talk to at the store, only attained a certain level below that you would feel like oh no like he's not going to make right. it do you need to retape the uh the headphones because no. you have no oh, all right it's okay. <laughs> Mo mother's mother's I'm earbuds don't stay in her ears so she's taped them uh like a champ so that we have the the best sound quality we can get uh, over facetime here so thank you i bet you're gonna have to cut a lot of this out <laughs> i'm not cutting anything people people love this it's all right uh, you know here's the thing I, if I need to cut something, I will, but for the most part, I haven't. That's one of the reasons I've been able to uh, produce as much as I have because I'm not spending the time in post-production. And I mean, I really feel like we've had real smooth recordings um, and that I haven't needed to edit. And also- Until today. Until no, today. Not a, no, 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 no. I, I plan to put this ad. This is, this is great. And you know, it's because I've gotten a sense of the way people consume these podcasts. You know, people are listening in the car as they're commuting or on the train or while they're cooking dinner or they're walking their dog. Or, so, and that's not to say that I, I put less into it, but I, you know, it's not like they're necessarily, you know, sitting, pouring over every word and it's like, oh, I have to take out this little thing. And I like to think that people, uh, 
rather have more episodes than you know a, a smaller amount of heavily edited ones. That's that's my uh, that's my feeling. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that moment with Mrs. Rinaldi, I know that was big. So thank you to Mrs. Rinaldi because that was that was a, a turning point. I mean, and the other thing too that I always kind of point to is that. I had done well. I mean, I was the top of my class in elementary school and then high school and very near the top in, uh, in, in college and law school. And I have to imagine that too, you know, kind of softened those concerns, right? Because if the thing is like, right. well, he's not going to do well in school, but it's like, clearly he is. Uh, but the Mrs. Rinaldi thing I know was big. And then, you know, going back to my comic shop documentary, I have that little segment in there with an English teacher uh, at, I think it was like Ardsley High School, right? Who had a graphic novel library set up in his classroom. Right, um, right. You know, and I think that that made an impression too. I mean, again, by that point, I was into law school, so you weren't you weren't telling me what I could read at that <laughs> point. But, but again, just like seeing this, and and there are other because I've had people reach out to me um, who, again, some teachers at you know who were customers at the store reach out to me because they were thinking about setting up uh, something similar in their classroom. So that was actually something I wanted to ask you because you you've worked uh, in in the public school system for many many years now. Do they utilize comics to any extent? Have you seen that? Uh, well, now in the libraries, they do have some graphic novels uh, that kids can read. And I have to say, in the Edgemont High School Library, uh, kids did take out, you know, the graphic novels and read them. Uh, but, but another point that I just uh, thought about was when I was doing an internship in some of the schools, like in uh, Yonkers and in the Bronx, a lot of kids there like didn't want to read. And I would always suggest a comic book. And I believe a couple of times I might have even brought some in. And they did show interest and they did want to read it. And if that could be cultivated more, you know, I always felt that they could have moved on to other things. But again, while in Edgemont they are there, that's not the focus, but there are kids do read them, kids do like them. And uh, any time that I would talk to any students about, you know, I said my son and he's with the comic books and I was surprised to find that so many kids did like comics and they do like them. And, you know, then they start asking me a lot of questions and I'd say, OK, that's, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's not a big thing. And, but I'm sure that in different districts, it may be a bigger thing than in other districts, uh, depending, you know, on the culture of the school. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And, you know, I guess going back to, you know, asking the customers what they, <laughs> they do for a living and, you know, being surprised, right, at the at the range that you heard, you know, that's the thing that, and, you know, this is in my new movie, My Comic Shop Countries, one of the interviewees makes this point, and I, I use that because I thought it was really important that, you know, comics are a medium, right? It's not a genre within something else it's its own medium that contains all the same genres that you find in movies and novels and right. so on so the idea that it's like wow all these different kinds of people read comics it's like yeah just like all different kinds of people watch movies or listen to music right. or read books um now yes i guess if you're talking strictly about superhero comics you know maybe maybe you'd find a little more uh you know, more, more commonality there, but even there, there's so much variety. So, you know, that's one thing that I think has become thankfully more understood. Um, and yeah, it's great with kids in particular, and especially when kids aren't really into reading, you know, to show them these things, because I think, like you said, having the visual component, you know, on the one hand, it's great to read 
you know, pros, right? Because then you have to use your imagination. So that flexes right. a one muscle. But when you have, you know, the, this visual component, it can bring the story to life for you in a way that maybe if you aren't the best reader or you just don't like it, it, it kind of like knocks down that hurdle for you. And, and I'm really going off on a, on a, on a spiel here, but, you know, even if you take out the words of comics and there, there have been numerous times where publishers have put out um, silent issues, where there's a writer who's plotted it out, but it's really the artist bringing it to life. And the art in and of itself is its own storytelling. So, you know, I I think it's great for kids to have, you know, exposure to that. And then, you know, again, even though you haven't read comics, I know, like, again, you've watched some of the television shows and you're watching Superman and Lois now. And I mean, I think that, you know, these stories, they tap into something that um, I think resonates with a lot of people. I mean, they're these larger than life stories, but ultimately, you know, when you boil them down, like Superman, Right. You know, someone who, you know, is trying to figure out where he came from and and how he's going to fit into the world. It's like it's that's why it always drives me nuts when people are like, oh, he's not relatable. It's like, how is he not relatable? Like, this is the most relatable thing to me, at least, you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do and trying to do the right thing. And, you know, so uh, so I think it's great for, uh, you know, for for kids in particular to have that exposure. Right. And also, too, just when you were talking about, you know, just the comic book with art. And today, you know, teachers and educators are more aware that some kids are just visual learners. You know, way back when, nobody took that into consideration that some kids, you know, were only visual learners and that, you know, just the words weren't enough. So, you know, in and of itself, that was like they were probably way ahead of the time by just being, you know, yeah. visual because that's good for some kids. But, uh, but so, yeah. Over- yeah. No, go ahead. No, no. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, you have your notes there, which I'm very impressed by. You know, not it's yeah. a it's a it's a mix. Some guests come with notes, other guests don't. So I'm always I'm always curious. Well, I know you, so I figure I gotta have some notes. I don't <laughs> get anything wrong. No, you know what's so <laughs> funny? Wait, I wanted to ask you about this because uh, recently I recorded episodes with Bill Mayo and Rich Roney. And in both episodes, there were numerous times where they, they like, like Bill kept apologizing. He's like, oh, did you want me to talk about that then? Like, I'm sorry. And Rich, similar. and I said to, I definitely said to Bill in the episode, I'm like, am I that, am I that bad? Like, <laughs> Well, I have to say you've really lightened up a lot from like the time I remember like being with you every day and as a kid and growing up, like you were really, really like everything had to be right and perfect. And in my mind, that's how I still see you, you know? So it's like, I said, oh, I, I wrote down like the years the Superman was on, <laughs> Dean Kane when he came on the scene, <laughs> and then I have Smallville. And <laughs> But the big, the big thing that I wanted to say was that as much as I said I didn't like you reading comics, I was so happy to look for anything Superman related, bed sheets, costume, <laughs> like all, because I knew you liked that. But, but during that time when you really got into it, there wasn't a lot of stuff because everything had calmed down, all Superman and, and Batman and Robin and all that. It was kind of like a little lull. And so it was so hard for me. And the one thing I always wanted to get you was a Superman lunchbox and I couldn't get it. It was like when you were, you know, at elementary school and now, and then when I started seeing everything, when the movies came out, I always was like, I had resentment because I was like, why couldn't they have had this when he was reading the comics? So I always, you know, and then even when you got your first car, I got your Superman car mats. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so as much as, you know, I may have said don't read them, but I was more than happy to get all the other stuff uh, that went along with it. And, of course, then I sort of somehow lost you a little bit when you went into the statues because that yeah. was, I mean, that was, that was a little too much. And especially when you would ask me, like, to name them and I couldn't remember the names like you did with the Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what's Trini? What's the Red Ranger? What's the Blue Ride? Oh, you gave me little tests. So when it came to the statues, I was like, oh, no. But I do see you have a little statue up there of Superman, and we got that on a trip to the city when we went to FAO Schwartz, which has since closed. And you were we, you were really young, and I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, Anthony, look, Superman!" The su- I call I I called it the Superman doll, but we got it, and and you still have it. I still <laughs> have. I see. So a couple of things. So it was generous of you to call it a statue. It is a doll. I fully admit that is a doll. It's a pla- I mean, it's, it's plastic. It has the, 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 all the qualities that you would expect in a doll, the size of it. Now, right below it, uh, or right next to it are, are actual statues, statues. cold cast porcelain statues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm fine saying that it's, it is a doll. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, and yeah, I treasure that. I mean, I've kept that through all the moves. I mean, that's something that unless something happens to it, I never plan to part with it. Um, and yeah, I appreciate that you always, you know, looked for the merchandise and you got it for me. It's very nice. Although on the other hand, it's like, well, what a mixed message. You tell me, don't read comics. Don't read. And then you're like, here's all this stuff. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> but no, I know that's the thing. I know there wasn't. Well, it's funny because, you know, I'm on, I'm in a few Facebook groups now for Superman collectors and I see people posting stuff and there's old stuff. But I, I think that, yeah, in that time, like the late eighties, early nineties, I do think there was a little bit of a lull. And, you know, the other thing too, is that even if there was stuff being made or older stuff that was still attainable, you know, you didn't have eBay or Amazon, like there was, right. you didn't have the means necessarily to track this stuff down. Whereas you, you do now, which is, which is cool. So now I appreciate that you always look for stuff. And even though it was challenging, I mean, look it, I guess it made me appreciate the things that I did have more like that doll. I mean, I always kept right. that doll and that yeah, little that figure. A, yeah. I was just going to say that we got that KB that it was metal too. That yeah. little Superman figure. Cause I used to take you to the stores on shopping sprees and I used to say, pick out whatever you want. And that I remember that day you, I said, Superman. And that was like the whole beginning of it. And I was like, Oh my God, wait till I show grandpa because he really knew about Superman. And yeah. And then that started it. Yeah. Uh, and the reading of comics started when you were, I, you, I believe you had a Christmas show and I didn't go because I went out to, dinner with my work group and your father took you to Dairy Dell and you picked up a comic and he read, he read it to you. And then you started from there. No mother, you're conflating two stories. You're conflating two. No, No. the, uh, (laughs) that was sort of, uh, cause I had fallen out of it a little bit and that Dairy Dell, that post Christmas show Dairy Dell visit, got me back into it but no you oh. know my goodness the uh, hero's world death of superman that was the beginning oh that's right oh my goodness <laughs> i oh, told I'm this so sto- nervous i'm so nervous i got it wrong please don't be nervous please don't be. it's quite all right yes we were walking in the mall and we saw superman in a box and i said oh my god the death of superman yeah well so actually i mean that i don't know that i've ever asked you this but um so, but I want to go back for a second. So, all right, you watched the George Reeves TV series. Then, yes. I mean, do you remember seeing that first Christopher Reeve movie in the theater? Yes, or the, you did? the first one, definitely in the theater. I mean, then there were multiple ones after that. I may have seen them, but I don't think I had as much interest in them. Like the first one I really liked, but then they went all different 
directions with them. Yeah, I mean, the subsequent ones. Well, peop, well, I recently had a. I used to really like the second one, and I rewatched it, and I it, it didn't hold up for me. But I know other people still regard it very highly. And then three and four, pretty much everyone agrees, were a mess. But so you liked the first? You liked the first yeah, one? Oh yeah, I liked it. Yeah, and I must have been about you know maybe nineteen. 20, 18, 19, 20 when it came out. And so, yeah, I mean, I really liked it. What'd you um, like about it? Do you remember? I mean, like, what well, was it I, that stood out? Well, I think I remember just the whole story of Superman, you know, from being a kid. I mean, it was different. But, you know, the fact that he, you know, was out there and he rescues people and he helps the weak and, you know, he could do all these things. And yet there's a whole human side of him, too, you know, that he's just a guy working and, you know, likes a girl, <laughs> you know, is not sure she's going to like him. I mean, that, you know, so there's always that, like, boy-girl stuff. But, I mean, I just think it was, you know, he's a hero. He's a hero. And he can, I mean, we know, obviously, people don't fly. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's just the whole, you get hyped up. And the, and the costume, you know. And so it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and like you said, the, you know, he's, he helps everybody. I mean, I think that's the thing that especially now as I've been exploring the character even more on the other show, it's, I think this idea that he, he has the powers of a God, like he could do anything. And the fact that he chooses to use them in this way, um, I, you know, I think just makes such an impression. And, you know, again, people always talk about, you know, Batman as, as a more relatable character. And I think Batman, yeah, is more believable i mean it, because like you said pe people can't fly, you know, fly there's right. a possibility that if you had the money and the drive you could be batman but in terms of relatability i think this idea of someone who was just raised with good values and tries to be a friend and neighbor out in the world i think that's so much more relatable um but the reason why we're talking so much about superman is you know you had you know, the george reeve show then the christopher reeve movie um, and I, I can't help but wonder, like when we're in the early '90s and we're in the Galleria Mall in White Plains at winter time, and we we come across Heroes World and we see that death of Superman. I mean, do you like? I don't know. Do you think you were more receptive to it because you knew who the like? If it had been the Flash and you were like, I have no idea who that character is. I mean, do you think? I mean, you probably still would have gotten me the comic anyway. But do you think like it made a difference that it was Superman, someone you knew? Oh yeah, I think definitely because yeah, I mean, I knew who Superman was. I was like, oh my god, he's in a box. <laughs> I still that's all I keep thinking about. Oh my god, he's in a box. What did they do? Remember? And then we went into the store, and it was like I said, oh my god, the death of Superman. Like it was a shock to me too that you know it went to that level. But, uh, yeah, no, it definitely because it was Superman. I mean, I knew Batman, I knew Superman, but that was about it. All the other uh, comic heroes that, you know, you are involved with, I don't really know who they are, like Flash and Green Arrow and Lantern. And <laughs> I mean, I know some of the names. And actually, you know, it's funny because when I do the crossword puzzles, a lot of times it'll, something will come up, you know, the comic hero, Green, and I say, oh, Green Arrow. <laughs> So it, it does help me. But uh, but yeah, I guess I was pretty much Superman and Batman. I watch Batman, all the Batmans on TV and all the different villains uh, with Batman. And those were the two. Yeah. No, that's the thing. You know, you hear that a lot. And even, you know, in, in all these people I've interviewed for the, the documentaries and the podcast, you know, in a lot of cases, yeah, in a lot of cases, the first introduction is that comic book. But in, in a lot, I mean, a lot of instances, people are meeting these characters 
through one of the adaptations. So I, you know, I've I've really come to appreciate just how important the movies and the TV shows are because for you know whole, especially you know, Adventures of Superman, like for a whole generation, I mean, probably multiple generations because of syndication, like that was Superman to them. Yeah, you know, so it's it's always interesting. So, uh, well, I guess the last thing on the Superman thing, and then I want to talk a little bit about the comic shop visits. But um, as far as Superman, you know, then you watch Lois and Clark. Yes, right? which I really liked. I, I think I would say that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand liked, that. I like that. Well, I like the Dean Kane and the Terry Hatcher. And, you know, I mean, I really enjoyed that one. But, I mean, I liked it. It was good. Some of the things got crazy, like when they were going to, uh, oh, I can't think of what they did. But <laughs> when they cloned themselves, that whole thing, they ate a frog. frog. Do you remember that? And I was like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I, uh, you know. I, 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 not only do I remember that, do you remember, I wrote a, I wrote a call, a paper in college where it was for, it was for an, a writing class and I, we had to, what was the, I think the assignment was like to like take a phrase and come up with an alternate version or in any event, that's the direction that I went in. I don't know what the, what the overall assignment was, but I think it was something like that. And I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase, jump the shark. Like when a once yes. great television show starts to go downhill, taken from happy days. And so the, the little essay that I wrote was uh, changing, jump the frog, the jump, the shark to eat the frog. And I wrote right. all about how Lois and Clark took this weird turn where Lois was cloned and the clone ate a frog. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty low mo- low moment for the show. Yeah, that's when I didn't like it anymore. Uh, uh, but I get why you like the show generally. I mean, it definitely focused more on on the romance and the relationship. Right. And it was, although in the later seasons, they did get more into the, the superhero side, like even more so. But I think in the very beginning, it really was more of the, you know, the romantic comedy almost. Um, and right. then you watched a little Smallville. Right, and I watched Smallville. Yeah. And, and I like that too. And now you're watching Superman and Lois. Yes, I watched the first two episodes, and I, I mean, I like it. It's good. It's a, it's a lot different. I mean, even just the look of Superman. I mean, I think just from his physical appearance, he looks a lot different in his costume than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. I thought, no, really, yeah. I think the rest of them were taller and more of a V shape. He's a little bit, you know, smaller and more of a box shape. So, I mean, he just looks, you know, not that typical Superman. Uh, but also, and Lois, I mean, she's okay. I might have picked somebody else to play <laughs> Lois if you want my critique. But he's a little too severe for me, you know. I, I would like someone a little nicer for him. But, uh, <laughs> and, and I like the kids, you know. But it's kind of, you know, the one kid that's really, you know, great athlete and all this stuff and the other one who has the issues, but he's the one that turns out, obviously, to have the powers. But, I mean, I'm really, I'm curious to see, like, where it goes and what happens. But he's definitely, when I'm watching him out of costume, I'm really not thinking of him so much as Superman. And when he's in costume, I even say, well, he doesn't really look like the typical Superman. But, so, but that's good. Yeah. No, I think that's the biggest strength of the show is that the non-costume part is so strong that it's like when he suits up, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm more interested in what's going on at the farm and on the football field than I am in the skies as as he's flying around, which again, like I never really thought I would see a Superman show like that. So I am very pleasantly surprised by it. Um, So so yeah, you've had this running thread with Superman. Right. No, and part of it, too, is to reach an audience that's, uh, you know, concerned with the story part, too, more so than just the character. So that's how they reach a wider 
range of people because it is more of a story and what's going on. And I could see, you know, if you're not really into a superhero, you don't need to be to watch. <laughs> I don't know. You can't see my notes, but to watch Superman and Lois. <laughs> let me wait. Let me make sure I covered everything on here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, if anything else comes up, let me know. I'm not. I'm not done yet, though, because I, I no, do want to okay. talk about the the comic shop visit. So let me let me run through these quickly, and then we we can we can uh, you know go further in on some of them. But I'm just thinking about the stores that we went to, right? So in Westchester, of course, we had Heroes World, uh, one if by cards, two if by comics, of course, obviously right. alternate realities, uh, Dragons Den, the two locations. There was um, Comics Plus in Mount Kisco, which. Oh. Yes. You know, we had no idea at the time. I was a really little kid, but that was the store owned by one of the alternate realities founders. Okay. And we went there once. I think that was like a one-time thing, but we went there. Um, and then there was that that store um, in the Jefferson Valley Mall when we would go with Marie and Fred, as we call my grandparents. Um, but that Jefferson Valley, there was a comic store there. I don't know yes. if you remember that. I don't remember what it was called. No, I don't remember, but I recall it now that you say it. Uh, but those but are the that ones, was yeah. No, because that would be the reason why we went to that mall, because there was a comic store. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like that was a like a bonus for me or, or, or something. I don't know. I don't know that we went there for that. I feel like we were there, but I was I was happy that there was a comic shop. And then there was the Bishop comic Yeah, oh store. yeah, Comic Book Heaven. I, how could I forget about that? <laughs> My goodness. See? Yeah, that to me was, that was the, I don't know. Yeah, that one was, the, it was a whole different concept because they had all the art in there too. And yeah. they had the, the lady in there who ran it as well, which was unusual, which I didn't really see in the other shops. Uh, so, and yeah, and then, well, Bishop himself. <laughs> but, I mean, look, for people who, for people who listen to our show, I mean, we've mentioned Bishop a few times over the years. Um, and in particular, I did a whole episode with uh, one right. of the former workers there uh, last year or the year before at this point. And um, so people, you know, either have met Bishop, know who he is, or they at least know of him from our conversations. Bishop was a character for sure. Um, and I mean, you know, this came up in that in that episode that I did with Saad, the former employee there. But I mean, he would share a lot, right? Because like you had a lot of yes. conversations with him and he would yeah. just like tell you all about his personal life, right? Yeah, I know. Well, I guess the need to talk and, you know, I guess a lot of guys come in, the guys probably don't want to hear that kind of, you know, drama. And so there's, uh, you know, some women in there with a kid and they figure that she'll listen. <laughs> but yeah, he was, yeah, the, you know, <laughs> I just, I just ch chalked it up to his like his need to talk yeah. and, and, and vent or complain about, you know, something was going on. But yeah, no, but he was very talkative. Unlike Steve, who's <laughs> alternate reality, who is not very talkative. And the first time he talked to me, he yelled at us. <laughs> Did he really? No, well, that was no. Remember with the comic books when you were ordering them and then you didn't pick them up, you picked them from the shelf? Yeah. So I ha I've mentioned this before, but let me just lay this out real quick because people might be like, what? Because, you know, we've talked so much about delinquent customers. There was this weird period where... Um, I, I I had a pull list, um, and so and it was, it was just the Superman books, and they were held behind the counter, so they weren't accessible like they were years later, where you would just go to the file cabinet. And there were a few instances where 
uh, I guess, and it wasn't Odo, I think it was Steve Chin at the time, because there was that other Steve oh. that he owned the store with for a brief period. And I don't know, maybe he was talking to someone, and I was also exceedingly shy at this point. Yes. And rather than like interrupt and ask to get my stuff, I would just grab it off the shelf. Now, of course, I recognize now that was not the right thing to do, because the books that, that, that had been ordered for me were sitting you know, on a shelf there. Uh, so obviously I wouldn't do that now, but uh, yes, as a kid, as a very shy kid at the time that did happen. And then yes, Odo ultimately, uh, called us yeah, out so on when that. He corrected me. I explained that to him. I said, well, he doesn't know. And do you think I'm going to know what to do? <laughs> so, but no, but he was very nice. And I liked that he was in there with his mom and his dad would be in there with him, especially his dad. Uh, he was really a nice man. Uh, so yeah, no. So that was like an, a very like comfortable home type kind of a shop uh and, and he was a lawyer i mean the fact that he was that a lawyer was, yeah. yeah what did that what impression yeah, well, did that, that make i said oh I, well I, <laughs> I won't say what i really want to say but <laughs> i said he's a lawyer what is he doing here well no i mean no. right so, no but i get no, no honestly no, i think that's understandable fact, yeah no but the fact that he yeah he was a lawyer so i said okay he is bright he's brilliant you know and this is what he likes this is what he wants to do and you could tell talking to him you know he's yeah i mean he's steve <laughs> he is steve so. that is true <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I know. I guess that's the thing, right? Like each store, and we talked about this when we did our, you know, Westchester County, uh, run through, you know, a couple seasons ago, but you know, each, each of those Westchester stores like really had their own, their own flavor. I mean, you go into one if by cards, two if by comics, now American legends, like that was always very clean to this day, clean right. and neat. And it's husband and wife team. So that was a little different. Um, right. at comic book heaven, again, you had the late Irene, uh, you know, behind the counter, um, again, you had, you did have Donna at, at one of my cards, but you know, again, still seeing a woman behind the counter was a little bit different. Bishop, very much a character shared way more than he probably should have. Uh, you know, you had long haired former attorney Odo, uh, at, at alternate realities, uh, dragons. Then I just remember at the, at the cross County location, I think the guy was like hitting on you that time where he said like, you look yeah. like Lorraine Bracco. Yes, yes, I know. And then he started yelling at us or something, right? Did he yell at us? I don't remember what happened. But yeah, oh. we didn't go there anymore. I don't remember that. He yelled at us? About what? I think so. I don't know, something about the comics. I don't recall I don't 100%. Know. But then we didn't go there anymore. I know. We had a nice routine, though. Remember, we used to pack sandwiches and eat them in the car, and then we would go uh, into into. And I know you listened to some of those episodes, and I, I talked with Chris Wilcock about cross county generally, and that yeah. that's uh, very sad. But the woman who would, who would push around the doll in the in the carriage, yeah, yeah that was that yeah, really I always noticed. stood out. Yeah, and I mean, I enjoy doing well. Actually, you know, Anthony, I think maybe we could do something like that again. We could pack lunch, go to a comic store. Like, I like to go to some of your Fat Moose comics with you one day. Oh, we can go, well, we Sean can Hendricks would love that. Yeah, we can go have a drink. Because I <laughs> see he's big on that. There you, <laughs> you go, know, Sean. I, I think it would be fun. Because I really, I mean, that was something you liked. And I really, you know, you know, you were my world. So I enjoy doing everything with you. Uh, no matter, you know, what it was. And so, yeah, it was fun. And we made a whole little event of it. And, you know, we'd go to the different places. And then we'd either bring lunch, buy lunch, or go someplace afterwards. So it was fun. But, yeah, Cross County, is, it's changed so much now. I don't know if you've been there, but now it's Ridge Hill. It's com no, no, it's not Ridge no. Hill. But it's completely different. The whole thing is redone. But, yeah, so we went to all those places. 
Did you have out of the like the Westchester stores? Um, let's we'll leave alternate realities off because of course that's everyone's favorite. But uh, the other stores were there was was there a favorite one that you were like either you actually looked forward to going into or you were like all right this won't be so bad. Well, I like the one where Donna was. And when you did yeah. the episode that you had Donna in mind, because, you know, she was someone I could, you know, talk to and relate to. And, you know, we talk about things other than comics, like vacations and, you know, when she got married. And, you know, so it was a little different. But, you know, you also have to remember, like, I went with you to all these stores. Like, I didn't know really anything about anything about comic shops and what goes on in there. And you were just a kid, so you didn't know either. So we were, like, the going in there, the blind leading the blind. <laughs> And, you know, we figured it out, you know, as we went along. But I, I mean, I definitely knew that most of the people, though, that were in the comic stores working were really pretty much, you know, nice, laid back people, you know. And so it was always like an, a nice atmosphere uh, in that sense. I mean, for me, like, no, there weren't things for me to look at that I would like, like clothes or something. But, you know, I, I remember like the one in the city when we would go to that one, like they had upstairs and they had like other things upstairs, like a little more interesting than for me than just the comic books. But yeah, you know, but overall, I mean, it's a comic book shop. It's not a girly shop where you're going to get like your hair done, but that's something, you know, I'm just thinking they could have made like a manicure shop in one of those things. So boys with mothers, (laughs) the mothers can go and get their nails done. (laughs) Like the store where we shopped when you were in, uh, elementary school and high school and they had dressing rooms boys with mothers yes and boy- <laughs> yeah for the record that was not when i was in high school though but, no, but I was, <laughs> yeah that was that was uh epstein's right in yeah. uh art no artsley where was that in tuckahoe tuckahoe yeah um which sadly closed uh because our dentist is, is right around there and I, I passed there but yeah i used to have to go there because i needed husky pants right yeah but I think, like, if so, sometimes I do think, like, if the comic stores had something else in there for the people that are bringing the younger children, like, yeah. even, like, in Barnes & Noble, like, a little coffee a little coffee shop, and so the mothers could sit, you know. And I would sit, I remember in alternate realities, like, a lot of times I didn't go in, I would sit out in the car, but, like, I would watch all the people that came in and out, and I would try and think up stories about them, like, what their life was about. And the one that I bring, I remember the most is the one on the bicycle. Yeah, Brian Claudio. Yeah, I remember him the most. He'd go in the rain and the snow, and I'd see him on the bicycle, and I was like, oh, he must be so dedicated to these comic books. Like, who would be out on a bicycle in the snow? So, yeah. uh, so, so I used to watch, like, you know, the comings and goings, too, as well. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, Brian Claudio, I know, always dressed, like, head to toe in black. Summer, yes. you know, no matter the season. And on his bicycle, you know, rain or shine, <clears throat> Um, and, you know, I would end up filming his collection for that first documentary. So, like, I went to, you know, his house, and he's he's the sweetest guy. Um, but, yeah, I know you, you really do see a mix of people. And I think, well, even though, you know, despite getting yelled at by Odo and, and maybe the Dragon's <laughs> Den, while I really don't remember that. But, uh, but yeah, generally, I think, you know, uh, one consistent theme is, um, you know, it's really a nice, you know, a nice group of people at these stores, which is which is lovely. But, you know, to your other point, I mean, and I know you've seen My Comic Shop Country. It's like you, you do see, like, in these other, a lot of these stores – there are more attempts at things like yes. that, like the store in yes. Philadelphia that's also a coffee house or, you know, right by us, Oh Yeah Comics. Like they're all about the, you know, the kids, all ages, like all ages friendly. So I think you are seeing a, a lot more variety in and different types of flavors in terms of like who stores are catering to. 
Yeah, no, which makes sense because even if, you know, if the place like they have coffee, like you want a cup of coffee, you say, oh, let me get coffee. And then you see some other things. And I might say, like as a mother or grandmother, oh, maybe my grandson would like this and I would pick it up, you know. But if you don't have any attraction to people other than who are interested in comics, then, you know, it doesn't expand beyond that group. And I would think the idea is always to expand, you know, to everybody. I will say, though, because I, I thought about this when you said the blind leading the blind, the thing I always come back to is, and I don't know if you would remember this, but, uh, you know, for, well, I know you remember this. Throughout the 90s, I was only allowed to read the Superman comics. That, yes. that they and, the, and there were four Superman titles. Each one came out monthly. So the in effect, you had a weekly Superman comic. Um, and that's what I was allowed to read. And I was able to negotiate for like Supergirl and JLA because that involved Superman. Uh, but that's what I was reading. But the thing that I was, I was going to say is, do you remember, uh, so again, you had four Superman titles. Each title had its own numbering system. But then they had the triangle numbers on, uh, on oh. the cover to give you the weekly reading order. And do you remember we could not figure that out? Yes. Now that you're saying it, I forgot all about it. Yeah, I remember that little triangle. We didn't, yeah, I remember that. But I don't, I, well, yeah, I guess I remember limiting you to only, because I, well, you had to, you know, keep your academics going yes. as well as your. <laughs> to bring this all full circle. Um, but yeah, so you yes. took me to all those shops and then, you know, there were stores in the city. I mean, I know we went to like, a, a, I mean, a bunch over the years, but the most consistent was Midtown Comics that we yeah. would go to. And you took me yeah. to a Frank Miller signing there. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that waiting in line and we're standing there. And then, yeah, we finally went in and you got it signed. I was excited too. But yeah, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do. I mean, and that I, waited. I still have. We waited like three hours, right? Or was it? I don't, yeah, I don't remember how long. It probably was a while. Like I remember we were outside. I mean, I remember we were out on the street. Yeah. So we still had to make our way. I mean, those stairs. Remember those yes, stairs? Yes, I know all the way up. I know. But yeah, that, that was fun. We said, I think I went like I went into a store and then I came back because it was in, I mean, I liked when we went into the city because once you got a little bit older, I could leave you in the store and then, yeah, how old are you, 17? No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> I said, okay, now you can stay. And I used to tell the guy on my way out, can you keep an eye on him? No. And then I would be able to go to other stores and stuff. But uh, and I know this isn't comic related, but I also liked when we used to go to the uh, NBA store. Yeah, that was fun. We had the whole basketball thing. I did like that too, and I liked going there. I know. So. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I do think about. I do think about that from time to time. Like I, I mean, I, I miss following basketball, and I mean, I could get back. So I don't have the time, but like I, that was fun. Like I, I, I yeah. enjoyed, uh, you know, watching. And we would go to the games, and we would go to the NBA store, get those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That yes. was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. No, and I liked going to the games too. So yeah, no, so that was good. But uh, but of course, those were no. We didn't. Well, we did get a lot of like uh, Patrick Ewing plaques and whoever you were into at the time. So you collected for that too. And then you also collected cards. Remember, you had different cards. And yeah, I mean the basketball cards. <laughs> funny enough, I don't know if I mentioned. Maybe I did mention this, but when we were about to move over the summer, I brought my cards to American Legends to try to sell them. Oh, okay. Because I've had them in a box for a decade, dec I mean, like years and years, probably two decades at this point, and, where I haven't done anything with them. And uh, and yeah, Mark and Donna took a look and they and they quoted me a price and it was just, 
it you know I appreciated them going through them, but it was so low that it was like I would rather donate these at at this point, you know. Um, right, so I ended up right. just keeping them, but uh, yeah, they're still in a closet. Uh, well, is there anything else that you would like to say before we sign off here? Anything we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about on your uh, on your just, notes or otherwise? <laughs> well, this isn't on my notes, but this just came into my mind how you had all the comics in the attic and then you had to take them out because it was too warm for them. That's right. <laughs> What's so funny about that? I thought that was so funny that they were too warm. And when I would tell the story, I, they were in the attic, but then they were too warm. But that's how you were so, you know, obsessive with your stuff and how it had to be perfect. And, you know, the bag and I couldn't even touch anything. It was like, don't, you know, I would just like go and grab something. So you were really like, so if, so if you wonder why people are nervous with you <laughs> and, and talking comics, I, you know, that could be the reason why you were very very like with you know and i'll say now like when milo gets bigger like if, if he goes to touch your statues or you're just not going to let him in your studio that could be <laughs> i know it's funny he only comes in uh when i i like he, he's only in here if i'm holding him yeah i haven't let him have well because i i mean i have in addition to the books and the statues, i have all my equipment in here so uh i, I really do have to be careful but uh yeah i mean I've definitely relaxed a lot on that front. I mean, the equipment is one thing. That's probably what yeah. I'm, as far as my stuff, that's probably what I'm most protective of now. Like, and I don't really have single issues anymore of comics. Very few. Right. You just have the books. The graphic novel. So it's like, you know, at a certain point, if when he's actually like, when he can actually, I guess here's the thing, like over the next couple of years, like would I give him one of my graphic novels, like just to kind of like tear up for something to do? No. That being said, when he gets old enough to read them, you know, if he's not delicate with them, but he's actually reading them or, you know, he's enjoying them, like, you know, looking at the pictures or whatever, that's fine. That's fine. I don't care. You know, like I, I would rather, I would rather he has the enjoyment and it keeps him busy for a few minutes. <laughs> right. You then, know? Well, and that just gave me an idea. Once, uh, <laughs> when, when you and Steph are not home and I'm there with Milo, I'm going to take him into your studio and I'm going to tell him that he can touch all the figures and we won't tell you. Like you used to do to the clock in the living room. You used to twirl it when I went down to the laundry room. <laughs> yeah, I know. You probably are going to do that, aren't you? I yeah. am, because that's the way I am. I'll say, let's touch them, but don't tell daddy. No. <laughs> well we'll see uh but no but i enjoyed all the comics with you and it was you know all you know it's just everything was always a nice time when i let you read them <laughs> well mother you were a wonderful guest you really were oh thank you well i'm glad i know i'm silly a little bit but <laughs> no I, this was great did you enjoy being on the podcast yes i did the only thing i don't like is my ears are full of tape but other than that, you know, because I have an issue with my ears. I can't put those little pods in them. I, I need things that go on the out, like you have, I would need. I know. Well, But I, I taped my ears for you. I appreciate <laughs> and that. And your audience, which you have. You're developing a very big audience. <laughs> and I listen sometimes, not all the time, but I'm not as technology friendly as, the, you know, the younger generation but I try my best. Well, listen, you can tell people I do podcasts and you know what that is. And that's a plus, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I always tell everybody all the things that you do. And I'm happy that, you know, you like doing this. And I hope it comes into something, you know, greater still. 
Yes. Well, you know, we, honestly, in and of itself, I really enjoy it and it's been a great outlet. So even if this were it, uh, you know, quote unquote it, um, it's still worthwhile. But uh, yeah, always hoping to continue to grow this enterprise. But really, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. And, oh, uh, and happy Mother's Day. Yes, well, still, we have a while to Mother's Day. Well, when oh. listeners hear this, it'll be very oh. close to Mother's Day. Oh, well, bleep. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Spoiler. Yes, well, I will. I'll have a wonderful Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Thank you very much. Uh, so thank you very much to my mother for being part of this episode of The Longer Halloween. We'll be back next month with, this is the one I know everyone's been waiting for. We'll be back next month with uh, someone who's been like a father to, to many of us at Alternate Realities, Steve Odo. So the big Steve Odo Father's Day episode uh, is coming up in one month. Two weeks after that is My Comic Shop History's 100th episode spectacular. Uh, with an all-star roster of guests. Like, you really don't want to miss this one. This one's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, we continue to put out new episodes of Digging for Kryptonite and My Comic Shop Book Club. There's extra content on the Anthony Desiato Patreon page. So I hope you will check out all of that. Happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. And of course, as always, remember, don't be a flat squirrel. My Comic Shop History is a flat squirrel production. Art by Filtastic Phil Menza, music by Basic Printer. If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to Digging for Kryptonite, available on most major podcast platforms. Sign up for exclusive content at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato and watch My Comic Shop Country out now on Apple TV and Amazon.